Welcome to Callback Podcast number seven. On this podcast, we spoke with Steve Segrin. Steve Segrin's a veteran of the uh, comedy uh, circuit. He's been on the road forever. He's now a, an accomplished actor. I know Steve from uh, back in Chicago. We had a great time uh, catching up. Um, as always, uh, you can reach us at callbackpodcast.com, on Twitter, at callbackpodcast, and uh, you can send us an email at callbackpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again goes out to uh, Eric, who's maintaining our website. Looks great. We're really happy with all that. And with that out of the way, here we go. Podcast number seven. Is Steve Segrin available? Yeah, hang on. Let me get him. Okay, that'd be great. I'll hold. I'll open up the hole much longer. Okay, hang on. Yeah. Hey, hello. Hi, Steve. Yeah. John Novotny. How you doing, pal? John Novotny. How are you? What's up? What's up, buddy? Uh, I'm here with uh, Aaron Glass. Hello. And, hello. And Edgar Volson. Hello, Steve. Hi. How you doing? Steve, you're Great. one of our first guests on my podcast. We're launching. We're supposed to launch actually later today. So um, this will really? this will go up uh, in a in a few weeks. I'll let you know, and we'll uh, we'll uh, uh, get all sorts of links and everything for you. So. Uh, Promoting what you're doing, but um, Christ Almighty, it's good to hear your voice. <laughs> well, thanks. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, it's John Novotny. Johnny Novotny. That's right. For the uh, uninitiated, uh, Steve Segrin, very funny guy. When I was a uh, house MC at the Funny Firm in Chicago, Steve was uh, um, the seasoned veteran of the of the town. He basically, <laughs> I mean, it's it's safe to say, Steve, that you were like the go to comic in Chicago. You were like you, you were like the guy everybody. You had all the choice. Uh, uh, you had all the choice, like sets. You know the uh, the you would you would headline all the clubs at least like two or three times a, a year, and just like you were the you were the veteran. Everyone kind of and you kind of took us all under your wing. You know you were like I, <laughs> I was I, an asshole. I was gonna say under your wing, but uh, re- you know now that I think about it, you know there was a wing that was like spiked and it was. Like, it was um, but no, like. Uh, um, some of my favorite memories of all time were uh, just going out after doing like a Monday night, you know, uh, comedy show, and then we'd go out and just um, see Pat McCurdy or just go somewhere and go to a coffee shop. Oh yeah. Or go to Burton Place and just 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 some of my favorite memories are just hanging out with you and other <laughs> comics. Yeah, that was fun. It was a blast. Uh, so so Steve Segan um, started doing comedy. Well, now at that time, because let's see, I'm trying to. Date when that was. When did when? Um, I'm trying to think of when I started versus like you because you were already um, either like going from feature to headlining for the first time, something like I think when I started the firm, and you just never looked back. It was like you know, um, it's uh, so. Wh- how old were you when you started doing stand up? Um, I was uh, 28. 28. And uh, yeah. how did you? How did that happen? Because you're you're one of these guys that just. If, even if it's like you know, a lot of people get that rap like, "Oh, he's always funny off stage," or "Is he too much off stage?" You're like equally funny on stage and off stage. You're never, it's never like you're trying hard. You're just one of those guys, just affable. A lot of fun to be around. When, uh, <laughs> how, well, you just are. You were always like um, this this amazingly positive force. What uh, what led you to stand up comedy? Like, how did you decide? All right, this I'm bringing this to the stage. Um. I don't remember. No, you know, it's like one of those things like um, uh, the, a comedy club had opened when I was still living in the suburbs. 
Who's on first comedy club? And they oh, had to call I heard it. Over I, on, uh, on Grand Avenue, right? Or, uh, it was on ADT and North Avenue and Route 83. That's in right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then they had like this open mic, and I, and, um, I thought I'd try it. And, and uh, I didn't. Huh? Uh, did, did you like it right away? Was it something you just kind of like, okay, I did it on a dare, I'm going to stick with it? or? Oh, you know, something, I wasn't very good. Well, I thought it was good, but I was so nervous <laughs> that everybody thought it was the act or something. And, uh, you know, so I got a lot of laughs, so that was cool. Did and then I went to ne- the next week I went back and just, you know, tanked it. And, you know, <laughs> so I just skipped it. But then I was, I was hooked then, so I just kept doing it. And I was lucky enough that, like, that's when stuff started to open up in a road, like 83, 84. Right, right. And, um, yeah, so I was able to, you know, if you had if you had a little, like, 15 minutes, you could go on the road as an MC or something, you know. So I was able to make some money at it, and eventually it just became my job. Wow, that's awesome. Did you have a question? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. um, I was thinking about doing stand-up as well, and, um, like, I'm not afraid to get up in front of an audience and talk in front of them. My biggest thing is material. Like, did you, when you first got up did you have material planned out or did you just get up and start talking like how did that work <laughs> no it would, uh, yeah, first, the first time I went up you mean yeah it, the, first, the first time I went up they said you know put together five minutes and I was like well how hard could that be right <laughs> and so I, I, I worked on something right I worked on this would take five minutes and I got up and it was what the thing I had worked on was over in about a minute and a half <laughs> and then I, then I had like you know you know three and a half minutes four minutes whatever you know uh Left a fill, and that's and that's when I started getting the laugh because I was like scared shitless, and you know, um, it's okay to swear in your your oh, absolutely, podcast. yeah, we earn our okay. <laughs> and anyway, but you know, you know, so I just you know just kind of started talking about how nervous I was, and they thought that was kind of that was that was funny, but that was just one of those things that was in the moment, and it wasn't anything I could like do again, right? You know, because they they knew that I had fucked up, and uh, you know, it was just funny to them, so they they liked me, so I got away with it. But yeah, the first time, you know, I can't remember what material it was I was doing, but I just know that it went real fast. And, uh, you know, the five minutes is an eternity oh, when you're first, is. you know, when you're on stage for the first time. Both of these guys here have to do, uh, have to do, uh, best man speeches, and they're asking for some advice. I'm scared it. shitless about my, my best man toast. And, and the, uh, they actually said the same thing. Five minutes is an eternity. And oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a long time. <laughs> you just, and I love how people are just like, I'll oh, just go up there and just do, like, I um, MC. Do you know who Robbie Falks is? Right, right, um, he's a folk singer. Yeah, right? alt, alt country singer. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, think yeah. his uh, 40th birthday party, I think, or 45th. I'm not sure. And uh, um, he's, just, you know, in his mind, he's thinking, like, oh, just go up there. You'll be fine. You'll just... Uh, you know, go up between because he had all these acts that were performing that night, and yeah. like the the reality is what people think. Like, oh, it'll be you'll just be riffing and all that. That goes away so fucking quickly, and you're just up there, just with your dick in your hands, just going. You know, like I have twenty minutes between each, you know, each other performer, and like by the end of it, I'm bringing people up on stage to tell <laughs> them stories. Yeah, like I'm like I had, I was I don't know if I've ever sweated so hard in a show in my entire life. I was. And, <laughs> The worst part about it was there were a lot of friends of mine there, and it's like, you know, I hate performing in front of people I know to begin with, and then this shit, it was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if, if uh, the other thing, too, is if you're getting laughs, it, it uh, you know, it goes fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I mean, if you're getting laughs, you can stretch, you know, a minute of material out to five minutes, but if you're not getting laughs, oh, if you're you, can, not getting laughs you can burn it, yeah. through that pretty fast. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the longest you've ever done on stage? The longest time I've ever done on stage. Because you had probably to do a couple hour plus shows in your day, right? 
Well, usually, you know what? I was, I'd never like going more than 45 minutes. 40 minutes is perfect. But uh, yeah, I've, I've done an hour before. Uh, not much more than that. That's a long time to be on yeah. stage, you know. Like, you know, Carlos Mencia brags about it. In fact, I, I worked with him once, and he did like a three-hour show. <laughs> with just him, I say, that's just bullshit, you that's, know. <laughs> that's a fucking hostage situation, right? Well, the thing is, is. I mean, it is. But the thing is, you can watch... You know, if you watch the audience, you know, they'll laugh, and they'll laugh hard for, you know, 40, 45 minutes, maybe 50 minutes, but then you're pushing it. You know, I mean, there's no way you're going to be able to sustain it or keep a crowd that fucking long. They're ordering out for pizzas. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're walking, to order, you know. But, I mean, I always hear these stories like, you know, at Laugh Factory, you know, you know, somebody did 18 hours of comedy, and I'm sure they did, but I just can't imagine anybody sitting through it. No, <laughs> there's definitely a lot of diminishing returns at some point where you just yeah, yeah. Well, and then you know, there's also like you know me. I would just get sick of the sound of my own voice after that, you know, after an hour. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, like the thing for me is like, the, you know, because plus you know, I I was you know drunk most of those shows. <laughs> like, well, not really drunk, but I always had a couple drinks before I went on stage. Oh, it's the best man thing? You ought to do that. Make sure you have a couple before you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little, little bit of whiskey. Yeah. me up. <laughs> and, and open with uh, something like, I think you're making a terrible mistake, and then go from there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I think, you know, like... The thing is, like, the post, for me, you know, when I look back at those times, like, at the funny firm and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they, uh, I sometimes, like, just shake my head, like, what the, f- what was I doing? Because, like, for, for me, it's like the post-show adrenaline rush, you know, when you're done with the show and you still got, you know, kind of high from it, and, and, you know, and then we go out and get drinks and stuff, it'd be like a drug, you know, like, uh, like I'm on speed or something like that, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm buzzed, so I can't shut the fuck up, you know, and I'm just like, what? You know, sometimes it's like thinking of stuff I did, I'm like, why didn't I get my ass kicked, you know? <laughs> But it was so funny because as young comics too, like we went out with you, you know, you you were kind of like it was it was like a privilege to be like totally fucked with by you. It would be like it's like when Rickles does it, you know? Oh god, I was such an asshole. At one point you grabbed me in a headlock and you you mind drilling holes into my head and blowing into my head like a flute as you played it. <laughs> and then you just, oh, that was funny. I remember that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm just like, just like, oh, just don't move. If I just don't yeah. move, maybe he won't snap my neck. <laughs> I remember that. I forgot yeah. about that. That was funny. And then there was there were plenty of times where you married people at Burton Place. You were the minister, and you would just like, you'd you'd hold this ceremony where you're like, all right, and everyone would have to shut the fuck up while you married two people. <laughs> oh, I do not remember that at uh, all. Yeah, that was that was good. Would I do that on stage? No, no, it was like, I was at Burton Place, like, you, it would be like a waitress, and you'd go, you'd go up to somebody trying to get laid that night, you know, and you'd be like, oh. <laughs> create some sort of ceremony, and then we'd be all behind you like we're altar boys. And like, <laughs> um, yeah, you, uh, Chicago, so you, you quickly started moving up the, the ladder there, who's on first, probably did like uh, the Comedy Womb, and... Uh, um, yeah, there was like uh, that time when I was starting out. There was like who's on first. There was the room. And there was Comedy Cottage. There was the uh, Chicago Comedy Showcase. Last and there laugh. Was, uh, uh, pardon me. Last laugh. Jay Burke's place. Uh, he was the Cottage back then. Oh, was, was still, okay. uh, yeah. I still got a Comedy Cottage. And then um, there was uh, the Barrel Laughs. Oh right. Barrel and Zanies. Yeah, and a couple other ones would pop up. Like so, there's a place up north uh, called Roars Comedy Club, mm-hmm. and. Um, wasn't there a barn too? Like something? There was something there. I never worked there. I think Harry Tynowitz used yeah, to put that Tynowitz shit together. Used to that was later on. Yeah, that was that was later on. But 
I just remember, well, yeah, when I started, I would work the cottage, the womb, and who's on first. Those are like kind of the showcase clubs that I kind yeah. of came up with. And then the Chicago Comedy Showcase, I worked there too. Back then, I bet you could make a seriously, like, you, you wouldn't have to leave the, the, you know, the Chicagoland area if you didn't want to and still make a decent buck as a comic. I mean, there were so many, like, venues at that point, you know, and also just people were, you know, on the road, just like one-nighters became, you know, anything turned into a comedy show at that point, you know, there was these... Oh, yeah, there was, at that point, when, when you were working at the, uh, um, at the funny firm, mm-hmm. there was, uh, let's see, Zanies, the Improv, the Firm. Laugh Factory? And then, uh, um, yeah, that's right, there was a Laugh Factory, and Zanies had three locations, and... Uh, Catch a Rising Star? Yeah, oh, man, I forgot all about Catch, yeah. There was two Catches. Two Catches. And, uh, yeah, they were all paying pretty good. Yeah, so I did, I remember that, because I didn't go, I stopped going on the road. I was, I stayed home for like, it would be at least two years when that was peaking. And I was working all the clubs, and I didn't have to go anywhere. And then when everything started to close, I had lost all my road connections. I remember that oh, now. That I had sucks. this really bad, like, six months where I couldn't get work, because, uh, every, <laughs> I had to go back yeah, you, in the road. I kind of burned all my, well, not burned all my bridges, but just, uh, hadn't kept up with all the, uh, Right, well, I mean, that, they were so transient at that point, you know, the revolving door of, like, bookers and everything, so, at that point, you know, if you're, if you're working solid for two years in town, you know, just trying to even convince people, like, oh, shit, you know, this is way before there was the internet, they can't just go look up your act, it's, Yeah, uh, I know, yeah. You know, and nobody watched tapes back then. I know because they would send them into the firm, and they would they they were building forts with them. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's the funny thing. They say send a tape. That was such bullshit because you, you get booked on word of mouth. Like if somebody gave you a recommendation, that's how you got hired. You know, we were gonna. I, I don't know. If I never told you the story, but remember Mike Mike Lucas? Yeah, yeah, I know Mike. Yeah, Mike and I were going to came up with this plan. We wanted to invent a, a comic, which is say, which is called Joe Blow. Okay, the comic's name is Joe Blow. Oh, this a, is great. A, a fake eight by ten, and uh, and the resume and everything like that. And send it out to like uh, John. Remember John? You ever used to book all those uh, clubs, in Michigan? Michigan, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and just say, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm Joe Blow. Uh, you can get a good recommendation from, me from Steve Segrin. You know, just create this fictitious comic, and then get him booked in all these rooms. Right, and then say, let's just say I'm working somewhere, and uh, um, you know my week falls out. I got an open date. I'll call up John Yoder and say, uh, "Oh, this is Joe Blow. I got to cancel. Sorry." Then I'll call back as me and say, "Hey, Steve Seeger, any get any cancellations?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, well, the thing is, when Lucas and I were playing it, we're thinking we could actually get away with it back then, you know, uh, but maybe not for too long. I mean, he'd right. probably get wise to, like, you know, how come this Joe Blow guy never shows up in any of these clubs? <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's an awesome idea. Like, if you ever like, really stuck for cash, like, shit, next month's going to be tough for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just take a Joe Blow gig. <laughs> um, you, uh, we, were, we were both did the uh, Comedy Central taping. The when they came through Chicago and they wanted twenty comics, um, oh, that was. A, hang on, you're, you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Can you hear me now? Is that cool? Uh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So, right. What'd you say now? I was gonna say uh, when uh, we both did the Comedy Central taping in Chicago and they came and took uh, twenty comics for. I think it was like they use our our actual. Yeah. Uh, short uh, yeah, span. John, you're, you're breaking up. I still can't hear you too. Good. Really? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Twenty. I don't think it's me. Oh, so. um, I'm told know. that I'm told that it's probably our internet connection. Is everything all right now? No, you're kind of like jumbly. Oh shit! All right, let's. Uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna try and fix this internet. Is this just something that just started happening? It just started just now. Yeah. Are you on Wait. a cell? F- you're not on a cell phone, are you? Or no, I'm not. All right. Um, 
We're we're shutting down what we're doing here. Is this sounding better? Yeah. We're trying to make our internet connection as strong as possible. <laughs> How about now? Sound better? Uh, no, it sounds like you're kind of like you're, uh, you know, choppy, like underwater. Motherfucker. All right, hold on. Oh, no, wait. It's okay now. Okay, cool. I moved the computer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. See? Just that easy. <laughs> wow, that was easy. Uh, so, uh, I was saying that you and I both did the uh, Comedy Central taping in Chicago, and they came and took 20 guys to do, like, short attention span theater. They would cut up your act and do, like, um, stand-up, stand-up. And you know all these clips. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember being like, it was great because you you came downstairs and it was really funny because you um you busted my balls right before I went up. I was the first comic and uh, and I'll never forget. But there was something completely comforting by it. Like every like other people were looking at you going. Wow, they, what the fuck? This kid's going up for the first time. Like, this is the first time he's going to be on television. What the? F- why do you got to do this to? Him? And, and I was like, no, you don't understand. This is like, this, I've been knighted. This is like, I need this before I go up. Like, you got to get that. Like, that's that was the ritual, you know. If you're not mean to the other comics, you know, like I, I know it didn't come from the fact that you're an asshole. I think it came from. The, I mean, maybe it did, but <laughs> but it came from. It still was like, all right, I'm ready to go. This is like a normal night for me. Steve goes up, gives me fucking bullshit, and I'm going to go up and do some jokes now. Perfect. <laughs> you know the whole, especially like the whole like you're not gonna wear that. Right? I had my head. Up, oh god, I remember. I remember that now. Yeah. yeah, I had my head up against this metal like pole. Just I was just leaning on it because it was taking forever. And uh, you came up and you're like, like a cold toilet seat, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy, I'd hate to be you right now. And then yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I remember turning to you going, "Hey, man, you know you're the one that everyone thinks is gonna be funny." Uh, <laughs> I feel, yeah, if I if fail. I I go up there and bomb. <laughs> um, so you started doing those shows, uh, and then you, I, I'm assuming that's when you got. Uh, did you do Caroline's Comedy Hour and all that? No, I did. Um, In, evening at the Improv. Yeah, evening at the Improv, and then something on Showtime. Because you started all of a sudden, you started becoming like a, an actor. You started transitioning into acting, and uh, and uh, at what point? Because I remember when you left for LA, it was like such a big deal like we all were like oh man it was sad but at the same time it's like okay here he goes and, and <laughs> almost instantly I started seeing you pop up on stuff um, out in like you know bit bit acting how did you get it? how did you transition into acting was that something that just somebody saw you as a comic and went hey you know we, we can do something with you as an actor or was that something by design on your end well that was something you know that was, I started doing that in Chicago too I got um, um, ER uh, pardon me? Was it ER? Were you still in Chicago when you did ER? No, no, no. I was out, I was out here when I did that. Um, no, I did. You want to do it in Chicago? I did like a couple commercials and then uh, that uh, David Schwimmer film. Kissing uh, a fool. I did, yeah, I did that in Chicago, and that's how I got my uh, my SAG card and everything. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, but um, no, there was a point like when I was still in Chicago. Where I just I kind of you know felt like I was spinning my wheels. I was like uh, I kind of like outgrown it. Right, right. Well, which sounds kind of weird, but it's like I just had to move forward somehow with my career, you know. And I, that seemed to, I'm too lazy to be a writer. <laughs> and, uh, well, the whole idea was like you were the big fish there. You were like you had conquered, you had done everything you could do there. I don't think there was. And with the clubs closing, it was kind of a, a perfect opportunity for yeah, you know, transition. It just made sense because you know you, you what are you going to do? Just you get you basically were back then as clubs were closing because I know that I. Um, headlined the uh, comedy cafe once 
But the first time I headlined it, I did it for the exact same pay that I made as an opener the first time I went there. Oh, that's too funny. It was awful. And, but they did it because it was during the summer, and it was like my first time there. So I, Summer they had, money, yeah. They had me over the barrel, but like I didn't give a fuck because it was like I, I could at least say I did it, you know? I and, forgot about that, that little thing. It's summer money. You yeah, make summer. less money in the summer because less people come to the shows. I, the joke was we used to say, uh, just do a, less, a shorter set. Well, that's my summer set. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you're paying for you're paying you're paying for the Somerset. That's what you're going to yeah. get. Yeah, because that's such bullshit when they do that. Because they, that's the other thing. That's another reason why one thing I don't miss about stand up is dealing with the club owners. You know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna pay you less because we're getting a, a smaller crowd. They don't pay you more if they get a bigger crowd. Yeah, exactly. I've been bonused once, and it was by it was a new owner in Peoria at the jukebox, and he had no idea that you're not the supposed to bonus comics. Jukebox? No, not the jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> What? Wow. <laughs> no, I said jukebox. I'm sorry. Yeah, not the jukebox. Uh, they're very, they're very uh, anti-Semitic in, yeah. in Rockford, Illinois. Like, uh, yeah, it was a bit. A, a, I don't even know what to say to that. Um, there's a the joke somewhere. The jukebox. Uh, it sounds like it sounds like when things are going bad, you know. Oh my God, the comic's dying up there. Go get me the jukebox, quick. Yeah. <laughs> get me the jukebox. We need some help up here. <laughs> um, it's just Woody Allen sitting in a box. They pull him out. <laughs> so, um, uh, but yeah, he bonused. It, it was like the first week he took over the jukebox, and it was the last time anybody's ever gotten bonus there. I guarantee. Oh wow. But like, yeah, you're right. They would tell you like, oh, you know, we've had a tough, uh, we've had a tough week, and not a, not a lot of people showed up, and you know, and things are going. The first they tell you like, oh, things are going so badly, blah 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 blah. But it's also the the prior like four days earlier when you started the club that week, they're telling you, hey, check out my my new caddy I got. I just got back from Cancun. I blah blah. blah oh, stuff. right, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Just all this like shit talking about how great and how much money they have and how what a player they are in the business, the entertainment business. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh man, can we just can we, you know, do you want to be a little nice to the club this week? And it's like, fuck off. Yeah. I, I, I just don't have the energy. That's where, in other words, I can't do it anymore, just dealing with these guys. They just I, I remember, I remember driving like four hours to a gig once, and it was me and a magician. And uh, it's some, it was awful. It was like in the middle of like Burlington, Iowa or some shit. And, uh, and there, was these, uh, there was these girls that had come to a show uh, at a prior show of mine, and uh, I remember telling them, like, hey, I'm going to be in the area. If you want to come out to the show, I can get you in. And they're like, cool, we'll meet you at the show. And I was like, all right, I'm bringing a couple of audience members. I thought that would be a good thing. I drove all the way there. I realized they hadn't promoted the show at all. It's in a bar. It's like a one-nighter. I can't even think of the name, the name of the woman that booked it. It's in, uh, so I, I get there, and the only audience members are my two girls that I brought and, uh, and, and and they're like no we want to see the magician we want you to do a show and I'm like what the fuck are you serious and the, not the girls the owner of the club is like they really wanted to see this magician so what they do is they set all the employees like, from this huge like bar like, the, like a big time bar place they set all the employees down into the audience and they had to watch us you know and I kept thinking yeah. like this is the only show where people walk out they get fired you know and yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and so they make me do the show, you know, because they want to see this goddamn magician. So I do my thing, and uh, and he goes up, does his bullshit magic, and then at the end of it, um, at the end of it, they like the next day, like I get a call from you know, cause she she would send checks. It's one of the few people that I allowed to send me a check because they were always good, but it was just annoying. Um, she called me, said, "Well, how nice do you want to be?" 
to the club because they had no audience members. I'm like, I provided the only fucking audience. <laughs> I did my show. I wrote them, and you can just tell she's like, okay, never mind. I think I asked the wrong guy. Blah blah blah. blah. I'm like, hey man, this is my first fucking rodeo. Uh, yeah, there's oh man, being on the road is just a just a nightmare sometimes. When they, just the way they treat comics, it's just you know. But also, I know the music, I know the music world pretty well, and. Those guys, I mean, imagine being four people. You know, they don't even get hotel rooms. We used to always get rooms and stuff, at least. Oh, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't imagine doing it with all the equipment and everything like that. All that, I mean, all, comics, all, all you got to do is show up. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to bring your own microphone. Yeah, exactly, you don't have to bring your own microphone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all you got to do is just show up with your pants on. That's it. And sometimes not even that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I remember I used to have it planned. I, I was on the road for so long. I, I used to be able to know exactly what time to leave my house in Chicago to get to a seven thirty show in Pittsburgh. Oh wow! You know, <laughs> yeah, to, if I was getting because I would drive right, or, or you know, if I was driving, I knew exactly. I could, I you know, I could the last possible minute I could be, you know, leave because I just I just hated going on the road. I'm like I just put it off. You're like, well, you know, if I leave at one o'clock, I can make it. Or, you know, <laughs> I was. I mean, uh, I would cut it close. You know, whenever I work with Jim McHugh, holy shit, he would just same thing, roll right in, and as the opening act, I'm the one freaking out, like, oh man, because they're wondering where both of us are, and this is pre cell phones, and you know, and it's yeah. like, you know, we're driving there, and it's like, oh man, this, and, like he would constantly just pull right up into the valet area. I would jump out. They they walk me right to the stage, and here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the start of the show. <laughs> it was oh like, man! And that, I, I, that must have driven them crazy. Oh, that drove them crazy and me because I was always like, you know, I was the house of seat at the firm. I'd be there early. I like getting my head right, you know, knowing how the yeah. show is going to go. I don't even know what the layout of this room is going to be. I just walk right up on stage. How you doing, folks? Yeah. Good to see you. <laughs> oh man, so yeah. you, you don't miss the road much. No, not at all. Well, I'm too old now. Are you still doing comedy? Are you still doing stand up? No, last time I went to, the last time I went on stage was uh man, almost exactly two years ago. Wow, what was I was, that? I was at Zadie's. It was really funny. I was there for um two weeks. I was downtown the first week and then I went uh at Saint Charles the second week. Oh wow. and um uh see I I like working at Zadie's. They take care of me, they he pays me pretty good now and they cover my air and stuff like that. But um um uh, Pretty sad to hear about. I remember. Rick. Pardon? Pretty sad to hear about Rick. Uh, oh yeah, I know that was. Rick was I, I, I remember, passed away. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the last time I'd seen him. Yeah, but I yeah, liked, uh, Bert, Bert, I don't think Bert ever really liked me. Uh, yeah. I I uh, I did a uh, comedy. Uh, we were it was something for Aspen or something like that, and I was the one of the finalists, and so I went up to do my set. This is after you'd moved to L.A. and. Um, sure. And they, I was me and like ten other guys, and they were going to choose somebody for you know to go to Aspen that night. And he was one of the judges. And then there was this other guy. I think I'm not sure, but I think it was Gary Mann from Comedy Central, and then somebody else. Well, in the middle of my set, fucking Bert gets up and walks right out of my set. And I uh, turn to him, I go, "Where are you going, Bert? You got somewhere to be?" <laughs> he turns. What he said. Yeah, and he turns to me and looks right at me. I go, "You know, it's a bad sign. One of the judges is walking out of your show." I go, no, go ahead. You can go ahead. And I get off the stage and, every, and I go, "You can go ahead. I don't give a shit. I don't work this club anyway." <laughs> like, is that what he said? Yeah. And so I get off the stage and everyone's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you said that." And I was like, "You know what? I've been calling him for gigs for the last fucking two years. Nothing." And yeah. you know, I mean, I. Like Bert, we always got along. He always treated me nice. Was at the club. He just never booked me, so I was like, yeah. you know, I have a, I, 
Yeah, it, it, Zany's was always it was fun, um, and I know that uh, it was a mainstay, and I'm glad that they stuck around and they're still there. And, the, and I think the reason is they controlled the you know they own their company, they own their yeah. their property, which. Yeah. You know, the other comedy clubs would walk into these huge warehouses, have these huge leases on this uh, on these buildings, yeah, and would have to maintain. Yeah. You know that it's 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 really hard. You can't weather a tough week. Even one week yeah. could kill a club. Yeah. We told some stories. Uh, we spoke with Scott May uh, in an earlier podcast. Told some stories about the firm, about like uh, you know all those days. You know, with the. Uh, you with, break it up again. Oh, sorry. How about this? There we go. Better. <laughs> yeah. Anytime, you know what it is? It's anytime, it's anytime we're talking about a topic you don't like, you just say that. So just, you're breaking up, Nabadni. Is it better now? No, it's still bad. Shit, what's going on here? Aaron, you got turn any? Turn your phones off. Oh, turn our phones off. All right. Okay, I'm turning my phone off. Hold on a second. I'm putting it on airplane mode. Let's see if that helps. Maybe a lot of people are online right now. Cause isn't the there you go. When our neighborhood gets busy... It- it bogs it down. Yeah, we live in. Um, I, Aaron's my landlord. Uh, we live in uh, a. Uh, what I like to say is, you just go east until you don't see anyone with a high school diploma. Then you make a yeah. left. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're 26 uh, in Figueroa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roughly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what, just out of curiosity, what is it like with uh, Cinco de Mayo? Is it crazy over there? Or not? not at all. I, we haven't. I haven't noticed. I, I know I, that there's streets that are blocked off for downtown. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. But that was my thing. It's like I didn't know, like if it was. As I was worried about was being able to find a way to get there because it looked like the last streets were blocked off. Oh yeah, yeah. What, where are you living at these days? Uh, I live uh, Culver City, between oh, Culver cool. City and Marina Del Rey. Oh yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that area. It's beautiful out there. Yeah, I like the West Side. So, are you uh, these days? Are you? Is it primarily acting for you? What are you doing? Yeah, it's primarily acting. I um, turned on and unemployment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unemployment. <laughs> I turned on. Um, what was it? Uh, a woman? I turned on a woman once. Uh, <laughs> just that one time. Uh, I, I remember it vividly because it would never happen before. Um, or since. Or since. You, you, you turned on her? I turned on Yeah, exactly. I, turned, I, I said, look, I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> but if it, unless. Um, so, uh, no, I, I turned on, uh, what was the show? Uh, outsourced on the pilot. And I, oh. I haven't even I haven't even looked this up, but that's got to be your voice on Outsourced, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you were the one of the, here, man. You were the first caller because I remember thinking that's fucking Steve, man. <laughs> yeah, I was in the I was credited. Oh, I, did, that's cool. I, did, uh, I did three of those. I was a caller each time. Oh, really? Yeah. He was credited as angry American caller. Oh, yes, okay. That's right. Yeah. Is uh? Oh, what you look at? You got IMDb up? Uh, yeah, I do. All right, Edgar's, uh, Edgar's that's on the awesome. computer. Edgar's on the computer. He's he'll, yeah. Oh, well, um, this is crazy. Last night I was at my manager's house, mm-hmm. and um, uh, he manages. Uh, I pro- I don't know if I mentioned names. I don't know if I should. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. But, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. No, no one's listening. Uh, oh, well, he's you know it's uh, uh, Tim Allen. This is, you know it's one. Oh of, yeah, I know who you're talking about. But, but uh, t- we were up there. Uh, I was up there um, with a couple of the comics, and we were just hanging around drinking and whatnot and um uh tim is in vegas and he's about to go on stage at the venetian right mm-hmm. so we're <laughs> he needs some jokes so we're writing jokes at the bar and texting them to him so he could do them on stage that night right awesome. or, but it's in like a half hour it was too <laughs> i was like man this is crazy that's when i realized man i'm, I'm, in, I'm in the future now that's right <laughs> Do you, uh, do you do much social networking? I know you're on Facebook a lot. No, just Facebook. That's it. That's awesome. Did, so that was last night you did this? 
Yeah, last night. Yeah. Well, uh, it was, I mean, I was just over there just to hang out, right. and it just started happening. It wasn't like we went over there to write jokes for Tim. You know, um, yeah. Edgar just saw Tim Allen, right? Just so. Yeah, I saw him at the Laugh Factory. Yeah, it was the Laugh Factory. I saw yeah, him yeah, do, yeah. do an hour at the Laugh Factory, and it was it was great. Yeah, he's good. Um, uh, yeah, he, I think he does something there every Thursday or once a month on Thursday or something like that. Right, or am, am I wrong? Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I just kind of fell into tickets to go see that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. no, it was good. You know, he goes up, he does his thing. You know, you could tell he's a total professional, and it was, it was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so you you had a couple. Of, I'm curious about the acting now. So you had a couple. Of, oh. You had a couple commercials <laughs> in Chicago. I'm back. I'm back to you. Uh, uh, you had a couple commercials in Chicago. Is that enough to like get you going when you get to LA? Do you walk in with an agent? Is that is that? No, a- no, man. Um, well, I, well, Messina Baker signed me right mm-hmm. when I was still in Chicago, right. and then that, that's when I moved. That's when I decided to move because then I figured now I got a support system. In but did, did they? Did they? they Met, they took you on to do stand-up, right? With the idea that they're going to do the total package, acting and everything else. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because okay. that was around the time where they were probably the end of the time where they were, you know, throwing like development deals at comics. Like yeah, right. right. Uh, when did you, did, was did you get one of those sweet ass deals? Everyone was talking about them me. Right no, I didn't. No. Um, no, I, I. You know, once again, it was my bad timing. Um, but you know, it's okay. The thing is, I'm starting to learn the thing about Hollywood. For most people, is like me, is to kind of it's more it's it's to your advantage to kind of wallow in medium obscurity. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you, you don't want you know you don't want to be like this guy that everyone has seen. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I know who he is. What else you got? You know what I mean? Right, you right. kind of don't want to be that guy. Right, because it's easy to dismiss uh, and it's easy to like to to be pigeon, yeah. pigeonholed and and quote unquote typecast. Yeah, or, or you know, like you know, the guys that like you know, you, you know have had you know development deals in every network. Okay. You know, you, you've been around the block too many times now. It's like you know, we we know who he is. We're not gonna, you know, he's not getting a show, that kind of thing. You know, because we we've seen him in the can. It's not you know. It's not, anyway, the thing is, if they don't know who you are. You know, sometimes you're better, you're better off. And in my case, I mean, that was never going to be a, uh, you have my own sitcom or anything like that. It's more a character actor thing. Well, I really thought that that was the case, though. I really, um, I, I always saw you as like, oh, this, this guy easily could be, you know, you know, have his own sitcom. I, I, I just, that's where I thought you were headed completely. Well, well you know, but that, see, that's, again, it's like the timing thing, because right around the time I got here is pretty much when the bottom fell out on all that. Then, you know, they were like, you know, they had invested a lot of money in comics, uh, comic sitcoms that failed. You know, there's like three that, you know. Oh, right, right. That worked, you know. Uh, but there was a lot that didn't, you know. Um, but I, I also noticed that you've done a lot of uh, dramatic stuff. Like, uh, you know, you played, who was it? You are playing a father that was like, uh, had a child that was sick or something. Oh, like yeah, that. medical investigations. That was the angry dad character. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah so they call it. There's one in every one of those things, man. There's always an angry dad. And um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, you, you know, I, I was impressed. You had some chops there. You were pretty. It was like shit, man. That was that was great. <laughs> did you ever take? Do you ever take acting lessons, or is that just something? Uh, no, I took when I got here. I just started taking a cold reading class with. Uh, I still go to this woman a lot. Um, 
but that was like one of the first things I did when I got here. Is there? Do you have anything coming up? Because this will this will go up in June. Do you have anything that people will see or? Uh, no, I did some pilot, and I got to be honest with you, I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if that gets picked up, uh, I got something coming up. But I, I uh, it was on Fox. Like Goodwin Games. Goodwin. I'm sorry, I missed it. It's called the Goodwin Games. Goodwin Games. All right, we'll look out yeah, for that. Pilot. Yeah. Well, good luck, man. That's awesome. So, uh, uh, the the acting. I got. I want to transition into something else real quick. Maybe we'll come back to acting. But I know, like, I'm, I'm Facebook friends with you, and I noticed that you started like when I, we became friends. I noticed that you post a lot of surf music stuff. You're you're really <laughs> into the music scene. Um, my background is obviously, you know, from stand up. I started working at. I don't know if you know this, but I worked at uh, Steve Albini's studio in Chicago, and um, you know, I don't know if you know who that is, but yeah, I do, and I didn't uh, know you worked there. Or did yeah, you tell me? And I, I was his, I was a studio manager for seven years, and I did it because I wrote a film that I was trying to get made, and I set up a production company on there. But either way, I wound up running his studio for seven years while I was doing yeah. gigs on the weekend and doing stand up, um, and uh, it was an amazing experience. You know, I got to, we 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 did old school recording, analog recording, and I think that's kind of where you're at, right? As far as uh, from the music, I can tell that you've been posting. It's kind of the old school surf stuff. Um, um, yeah, I, I kind of got into like the low, kind of lo-fi shit. Yeah, where, where um, how'd that start, or what? Because if you have, oh, I, I, don't, well, yeah, I don't know. I was kind of like Doug Surf, but the thing is, um, um, what I'm getting at is you've got this project. If you want, I know you want, yeah. you want to talk about it. The, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, but I'm trying to um, figure out the timeline. <laughs> I think you know what it was. Um, I was when I first got on Facebook. I was. Um, I, I like looking up music on YouTube, and this was, I know, this was like maybe about two years ago, maybe three years ago, and um, now there's like tons of music on YouTube, but like three years ago, there was some, but not nearly as much as now, you know, right. um, but uh, I was looking up like all this old surf stuff, because I was into surf, and I was, I was finding all these things, and I was posting them on my page, then I found like some live local bands, and then I was like, well, I, you know, I want to go see some live stuff, some live surf, but it was hard for me to, you know, I... You can't look and get an LA Weekly and you know look up surf. Where's a surf band playing? Because it doesn't really say that, you know. <laughs> and and then I'm like, you know, somebody ought to do a documentary on this because I was finding all these little clips of these bands. And then I decided, you know, maybe well, I'll do it. You know, right. <laughs> but, you know, and I, before I got a chance to talk myself out of it, I um, wrangled this this camera crew and uh, we started, you know. Uh, I found a website where the, 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 I found this website, Surf Guitar 101, and uh, there's some people on there that posted those like guitar players, surf guitar players from LA, and I contacted them, and then from there I was able to find this whole scene of uh, these people keeping this surf scene alive, and I just I'm just I just finished filming a you know documentary on all that. Oh wow! Is it uh, what stage is it in? Is it are you editing now or? Oh uh, yeah, well I'm just finished this uh, this rough cut. I got it down to we shot like about. 200 hours of footage and I got it yeah. down to 89 minutes and uh, I just actually screened a rough cut for uh, three friends of mine and I still have some little bit of work to do before I'm you know they will lock the picture down but wow uh, that's, uh, that's awesome are you what is the plan to to get it to a festival or yeah yeah I got I got to um this, uh, it's, it's like it's like I was shooting a movie backwards you said you know you wrote a script mm-hmm. right and well, the thing is, I just started shooting. Oh, I get it. And then, and then once you know, once the, it's for a whole summer. 
uh, two years ago, 2010. Just, you know, I just started shooting. We went to all these shows and just started filming and filming and filming. Did, interviewed these people and just filming. And then when I got done shooting, then I started putting together a story. It's like shooting the movie backwards. Right, right. You know what I mean? Finding the story later. <laughs> And finding a story later. So I finally got the point two years later, almost exactly two years. Yeah, no, a little bit over two years. I've been yeah, working on it. Yeah, that's great. That's how a lot of documentaries are made because you're basically getting the raw footage and then you're, you're realizing, like, what, what really made me interested in this and what is going to make my viewer interested in this, you know? So you have to start from somewhere. Why not start from the, the music where, you, you know, where it all begins? Yeah. Did you do well, it? I was lucky, you, too. Did you interview uh-huh. all those bands, too? Are you, like... We interviewed some bands, of, we interviewed some, uh, some, some of the players and uh, a lot of the fans. Oh, that's awesome. And it's, just, it's a really small little scene, right? So it's a community. They all know each other. You know, some of these guys play in like four or five different bands, you know? Yeah, whenever you post um, anything, it's like my own personal surf music Spotify. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, well, now, I mean, I, I, there's other stuff I like besides surf, but I, 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 I'm into any kind of uh, anti or non-corporate music, I think, oh, that's is nice. what I like. So, so basically, I think what it, what it is is that I, I, it's, it's anything like pre-1970. There you go. <laughs> but not necessarily nostalgia. I just like the... Uh, you know, like the garage stuff. You know, there's a there's a whole garage scene back then. I like that stuff too. Were you always a fan, or were you a musician at some point? Did you me? No, I just like to listen to it. So, um, Aaron, did you ever work with any surf? Aaron does uh, front of the house for Flogging Molly, but he's been also a sound engineer, sound engineer oh, for cool, a long cool. time. I don't think I've ever done some surf music. Really? No. Wow. I would love to, but uh, no, not not a field I'm as familiar with as punk rock or. Yeah, uh, it's, it's funny because a lot of people aren't. That's why, you know, uh, that's why I, I kind of like have high hopes for this project when I'm done because it would be kind of, uh, no, no one's touched it, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Or but, this uh, could spark something huge. It could become like... Yeah, it'll be like the next Swingers thing, you know, where, you know, where, where uh, you know, what was that? Um, swing music, I guess? What's that, what's that called? That Swingers music that... Oh, yeah. yeah the lounge or the swing, <laughs> yeah. Is that considered swing music? I don't even know. Um, yeah, yeah, that's swing. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was like, a whole little swing revival going on there. I wouldn't be surprised if this is like the next revival because I mean you know well actually Surf Ray had its, its thing right around Pulp Fiction because the soundtrack to Pulp Fiction was all Surf oh great oh yeah I remember yeah. that I own yeah, the so soundtrack big to Pulp Fiction thing. yeah I went yeah. and bought the soundtrack to Pulp Fiction it was great yeah I did. Yeah, so this is like, uh, and the cool thing is that uh, these bands that I'm playing are all unsigned right so they their stuff you know they, they produce their own stuff which means that I don't have to pay you know, any... Uh, oh, yeah, no publishing. That's great. Yeah, there's no publishing right they got to pay. So. so so when I think of surf music, I think of the, the Beach Boys. I mean, is, yeah. is this like the, the genre that we're talking about? Was like, no, no like, it's all instrumental, guitar instrumental. More like, um, oh, shit, I can't think of... Um, like Dick Dale. Yeah, Dick Dale. Was, the Ventures. Yeah, The Ventures, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's like that, but there's different kinds. Like, there's a couple bands that we filmed um, that are, you know, pretty... Uh, uh, like his band called the Space Contacts, which is almost like metal uh, surf, you know. Um, there was a band that was popular out here for a while called Agent Orange. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys ever heard of them. Yeah, they're kind of like that, kind of like punk surf. Now, is this, is this like a whole thing, like the rockabilly scene where they all dress up in different outfits, you know, and all that? Is, it, is surf music the same way, like all the, like the kind of... the those goofy t-shirts, the goofy shirts with all the designs on them and all that, or uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Those like uh, 
Hawaiian shirts, that kind of shit, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, there's, you know, the thing is, the thing with surf is like, uh, uh, there's a whole, I don't know if you know, there's a whole tiki thing too, right? Right, right. There's a whole, like, uh, uh, tiki scene, you know, that's all over the place. That's bigger than the surf scene, really, but in between, like, rockabilly and tiki, that's surf. And, you know, rockabilly guys, you know, they really dress the part, all the fans, you know that, right? With the right. hair and, you know, for everything right. like that. Surf, not so much, but it's kind of, you know, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's not, not as the extreme as, as rockabilly and it, it's not all Hawaiian shirt stuff like the tiki people. You know what I mean? It's kind of in the middle. Oh, cool. <laughs> Does that make any sense at all? No, no, that's great. I, <laughs> no, I, I always love finding little niches like that because one of the things that, that really bugs me about um, music is that you, people are always kind of chasing their tail on like popular music. Like one thing sounds like the other thing, sounds like the other yeah. thing. And then eventually somebody comes along with something that sounds very retro and and it catches on with younger people who've not been exposed to things like this. And there's a yeah, reason right. why that sustains. And that stuff is always going to be, you know, good because you, to 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 create something be, just to create it because it's going to be popular is not the right reason. It's got to be, you know, it's got to have a fucking feel or a sound that that people can, you know, that that can resonate. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Well, plus I think the music like today is just so overproduced. Oh yeah, well, you yeah. know what I mean. It's it's like I was reading an article about craft. Oh, computer perfect. Yeah, I, I, I was reading this article about craftwork uh, uh, the other day, and, and uh, they were saying that like you know when they came out, nobody was doing anything like what craftwork was doing when they were early on, right? They were revolutionary. They yeah. Created oh yeah. Electronic music. In the oh 80s. yeah, I know. Yeah. Farn, farn, farn off the autobahn. Yeah. <laughs> right. we were talking about the autobahn last yeah, night. We were just talking yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we can't, we, we, <laughs> We do but, we but the thing is now, you know, the thought of making any music without a computer is, like, unheard of. Exactly. Well, especially coming from the world of analog recording, which I believe now, and Steve doesn't record on, uh, anal- uh, on uh, Pro Tools, but I know that the studio even, which was the, one of the only studios in America that did not have a Pro Tools system, now does. And so oh, wow. Like, yeah, but I think it's just because the service, the clients that, like, are just sick of... You know, it's basically, you know, they're, they're coming in, they'll, a lot of times they'll record on analog, dump it down into computer, but either way, it's, it's definitely, you know, the way people are going, and, and it's becoming, it's, I guess you can do it cheaper, that whole argument, but there's something about that analog sound, is, you know, and I, I was very fortunate to be exposed to it the way I was, because I don't know if I'd have appreci- appreciation for it had I not, you know, pretty much lived at that studio for years. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, I was watching... Um Woodstock, right, right, and, and uh, you know they shot all that on film, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you know we we shot our thing was it was digital, you know everything was digital. We had a little, we didn't even have a sound man. We had uh, this little thing called the H two zoom mic, it's a little digital mic recorder, and you could pretty much just set it in front of the stage, and it's great sound, you know, and it, you know, it, and that's all we used instead of like having actually having a sound guy, you know, follow us around. But I can't imagine. How they shot Woodstock. I mean, you know, they have to carry these big fucking cameras, oh, yeah. right? They have all these, you know, these film ca- uh, magazines or whatever. This, ca- you know, they have yeah, to everything's the size film of all the a washing time. machine. Yeah, pardon me. Everything's the size of a washing machine. Yeah, I know. And, and they got to haul this around in here, and this, they had I don't know how many different camera crews they had. Plus the guys with the big boom mics and everything. And uh, you know, how the hell they do that? And also, it's it's, 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 it's unimaginable. And it's really great music. Like even the, the wasn't there a soundtrack to the Woodstock movie that just sounds like I remember watching Woodstock, thinking like, wow, this is really great. The way they got, and same thing with like um, 
any live show like the uh, the Rolling Stones, what's that one, the Altamont thing? Um, it's called Give Me Shelter. Give Me Shelter. You know, the, those situations were like, God, I, you're right. I can't even imagine them yeah. being mobile or moving around. and like. <laughs> I know, because those things, I mean, those cameras weren't small. No, no. You know, uh, and, you know, it, it's funny that I found this thing on YouTube. There's a, a site you can go to on YouTube called Vintage LA, and it just basically these shots of uh, <clears throat> a guy with a movie camera uh, driving down like Sunset Boulevard in like 1960 or, you know. Oh, same thing, I've like, seen that. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool stuff, you know. Um, but but there's, there's one of the ones that's like you could see people turning around and lo- looking at the camera on the street as it went by. So you knew that this had to be some gigantic monstrosity on top <laughs> of the car. You know what I mean? But now you can get the same shot with your phone, you know. <laughs> Yeah, no one. Everyone's so used to be on camera. They're like, yeah, man. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you do that, you have to get your SAG card. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the other headache with doing documentaries: getting making make sure you get the releases. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, the band's been pretty cool to you. Have they been pretty receptive? I mean, obviously, somebody's taking an interest in their scene. Um. Oh, the bands. Yeah, yeah. Are you talking about you talking oh. about audience members too? Probably right. Oh yeah, no, they were everybody's really cool about it. I, the only, there's only once where I ran into uh, the guy was kind of indignant about it, didn't want us to film him, you know. Um, but that's you know fine. And then I'm like, okay, if you know what, I'm not gonna. Fine, welcome to obscurity. Know, funny brother. Huh? <laughs> welcome to obscurity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, there's got plenty of other people that can do it. I mean, it, and it's eventually he's going to be, you know, because it's looking really good. I'm really actually very very proud of what we've done so far. So, that's awesome. Um, you know. You know, he's going to see it go, how come I'm not in it? Because he didn't want to be. <laughs> he <laughs> told me. He actually yelled at me. What's in it for me? <laughs> I was like, oh, well, don't forget it then. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Is this something now, do you have the bug? Is this something that after this project you're going to start doing more documentaries? Or have you, oh, man. Are you uh, noticing the power of film? Because now you're being able to tell a story with a camera that you you probably didn't know how to do before. Yeah, and there's still so much I don't know, you know. And the other thing, too, is, like, I didn't really, me, I mean, I, I physically didn't film anything. I was just, you know, kind of pointed them in the direction of what I wanted on film. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I was, you know, other people did that work, you know what I mean? Are you in it so at I all? I, 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 huh? Are you in it at all? Do you do, do you interview, or? No, you know, we, we started off with me in it, and there's a lot of footage of me in it and talking, but I decided that, uh, in this case, it was best if they told their own story, so I took myself out of it. Oh, that's nice. You know, another way I can just shoot myself in the foot career-wise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, you know, maybe that'll be it. You know, the, 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 it's, it's, uh, the, the new acting will be non-acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he's so good. He wasn't, you should see what he's not been in. I don't have your IMDP page up there. What, what, uh, I'm so, I, I apologize, but what other stuff have you done recently like, that we've, we would know? I know I've seen you on a few things, and it's always kind of a... I never know when you're going to be on something, so it's always kind of a surprise, a pleasant one at that. Um, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Edgar, you got that up there? Yeah, it looks like you did Desperate Housewives last year. Oh, yeah, Desperate Housewives. Was that fun? Um... Yeah, that was that was cool. That were was a lot of fun. Were you there for the fight? Uh, what fight? Don't you know where? Uh, didn't Mark Cherry slap 
uh, well, there was a big lawsuit just recently. Um, who, Nic- Nic- Nicolette Sheridan, is that her name? Oh, uh, he, he slapped her? One of the, well, hu- one the, of the husbands I, slapped the, no, uh, no, his no, wife? The, he's the owner of the, he's the, he's the showrunner. Um, oh. Supposedly, there was something like he was trying to show her, like, no, this is how you're supposed to do it. And then it turned into, he, he hit me, but he didn't really hit her. And, and yeah. there, was, it, there was a lot of like, uh, drama. I think they just settled. Uh, last week, honestly, it got to the point where I, when I heard about it, I was like, "Oh, interesting." And I would, I would just, you know, check in on it every now and then, and then it became a point where I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Don't, don't care. <laughs> um, no, but I was. Well, to answer your question, no, I wasn't there. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been asking. Like, really, he slapped her? <laughs> no, my scene was with, um, oh, what's her name? Terry Hatcher. Yes. Hubble, bubble, yeah. bubble. Oh, are they real? And they're spectacular. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, they're real. They're spectacular. Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she's pretty nice. Uh, you also uh, did the closer uh, last year. The closer. How was that? Closer. Oh, that that was cool. But uh, I think they, I think they cut my part out. Oh no! I, I got a letter from them saying that they edited me out, but then I got a residual check for it. So. There you go. That's, that's <laughs> I'm gonna have to see. I don't see, know. The, if old, gonna... the best acting is not acting. He's... Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was cool, you know, uh, but it, it was a small part. I was only there for like a couple hours. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. You just really just roll in, just do a thing and then fuck off? Uh, yeah, but you know, like when those shows like have been on for a while, like, like ER, okay? Mm-hmm. When I did ER, they've been on for so long, it was like a machine. They knew just what to do, you know, where to shoot it. There was not a lot of futzing around, you know. I pretty much went in, just did my thing. I, I remember my call time was like uh, 6 a.m., and I was done by 8 o'clock. Jesus. And, and yeah, it's like two hours. I got paid for a whole day. It was easy money. <laughs> wow. that's that, I, I love hearing that. That's awesome. You just uh, just knowing that that, like, that exists because, you know, so many times, like, uh, like you go to a pilot taping. Like we, I, I've taken Edgar to a couple pilot tapings out here, and, and it's just sometimes it's just so such a long process you know you sit there and you know, they got to reload stuff you know. oh yeah for, i mean for sitcoms yeah well, well it was it was more of a like talk show stuff but like still like just right just the idea uh, you can tell like something's new and they just don't have it together yeah, yet. They, like you know there's no yeah and, and they're more meticulous because they want they want to sell it right right yeah so you know I, yeah because i when i worked on that um pilot when i did the pilot for um outsourced Right, right. You know, I, and you, and you saw that I was just a voice on the phone, right? Uh-huh. I thought maybe two lines, something like that. I was there for 14 hours. Wow. Because they just kept shooting it over and over again, you know, because they don't know for sure what they want. They want to put their best foot forward. So, yeah, pilots are our nightmare. Yeah, because they, nobody commits to a, 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 a thing, like a vision or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's just... yeah. Oh, they want to. They want to have all the bases covered too, so they can go any direction that they want. That's uh, that's on the post, that, that wasn't picked up, right, for next year. Outsourced? Yeah, I think it's been. Canceled. No, no, they they got canceled, which is too bad. It wasn't really. I, I kind of liked it. It was kind of an interesting show. I heard it grew into its own. I, it was kind of like, yeah. you know, it, I think people had to give it a chance. They had to get over that that hump. You know, it's like okay. Well, you know, there was this whole thing about how can you make fun of outsourcing when the economy is the way it is. And, and, I, and I remember, I was, I was like, man, you know, the show, do you know that this show is shot in the United States? Yeah. Using American oh. actors and American labor, and it employs about 500 people. I mean, what is wrong with you? I remember that. People were being all like, this is totally wrong. It's like, do yeah. you really think that sitcoms are shot exactly where they're shot? Do you think yeah, yeah, Cheers was shot in a bar they, in uh, fucking yeah, I Boston? Know. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, the, the show employed Americans working in America. Battlestar Galactica you know, shot in this in space. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it only lasted three seasons. They just couldn't afford the budget. It was just... Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. But they got canceled. I guess they just didn't want to deal with the controversy anymore. So, so you've done a lot of stuff. You've done Outsourced. You've done. Everybody hates Chris. You've done The Office. You've done Arrested Development. I mean, is there any one experience that stands out in your mind that you just were like, "That was a lot of fun. I love this. I've got a great story to tell from one of these experiences." Uh, uh, let me. Uh, I have to think. We excited to get the uh, Chris show. I think I remember seeing that. I, I watched all the Everybody uh, Hates Chris. Everybody hates Chris. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I did a bunch of those. They, you, they, uh, I did like eight or nine of them. I think. And uh, I played a different character every time. Yeah, I, was, I wondered about that because I thought, because I know you, so I was like, wasn't Steve like the other guy? Yeah, was no, I, was, I got a, uh, it, was, it was fun. I, I, got, I was an angry guy on a, on a uh, subway train. I was a guy who got arrested for speeding. I was a teacher, or not teacher, uh, uh, the dad's boss. Was uh, and, Ali Leroy on set? Yeah, most of the time, yeah. Is that is that did that help? Did you get that job through Ali? Or? Oh, I got through. Uh, yeah, I, I read for it, uh, and then um, uh, Ali. I you know I I I, I got the yeah I, I auditioned for it, and then the guy, Ali just kept bringing me back. Oh, that's I nice. think I got it through Ali though, because because when he was working on Orlando Jones's show, mm-hmm. he and uh, Dwayne Kennedy uh, were writing on it, and uh, they kept calling me to do sketches there and stuff. So that's kind of how it started. Oh, that's great! I uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, Ollie's just fucking man. He's another guy. Who went from Chicago to just you know he's, he's everywhere. You know. That, oh no, kidding! Yeah, he's uh he's now doing the. Are we there yet? Right or uh, something like that? Yeah, uh, ice cube thing. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, I so, yeah. Uh, the, but do do you have a do you have a favorite to answer, Edgar? Do I have a what a favorite story? experience or like you know? It, well, <laughs> yeah, there was a time. <laughs> This uh, time on Everybody Hates Chris, where like everything was going wrong. I wonder if I should tell that story or not. That's yeah, it. go ahead. Yeah, no, it's no, no, every, like the, like the was, witness relocation program. Nobody's listening. No, 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 no. It's because it's all me. I mean, I, I was just screwing up everything. Oh, I, I had. Uh, they called me. Uh, I had to go to the, uh, to, to the set. I was in my little trailer thing, and uh, I got to turn on the water the sink. I it was washing my hands. And then they, this guy knocks the door. Was like, they need you on the set. So I left. And you go down the set, and I forgot to turn the water off. So <laughs> I come back, and I flooded out the uh, trailer. <laughs> so, so the trailer guy wasn't too happy about that. But, you know, they did. You know, I, you know, but he wasn't yelling at me. It's just you know. Anyway, so then um, while we're at, while we're shooting, um, I had been. We're, I'm in a set that I'd never been on before. The apartment of. Uh, um, Chris's family, they live in this one apartment, and I'd never been in that particular set. So I didn't know where the exit was. So I kept walking out the wrong door. You know what I mean? Where they have the way they have it set up, there's a front door, and I didn't know that was the front door. I was going through this other door. And uh, like so they. Like, closet or something? Were you playing it? Yeah, it was like a closet. There was, it was supposed to be a closet or something. I thought, it was, I thought that was the front door. And, and this is, I'd already done the show like six or seven times. But, uh, and Ali was kind of yelling at me. He's like, he's like, how many times you've been here? And I'm like, well, never, never. I've never, I've tried to explain to him. I've never been on this set. <laughs> you know, I was always somewhere else. 
So that was going wrong, you know. And then he starts busting my balls. I thought he was serious, like he was going to replace me or something like that. So now I'm really nervous. Oh no! But uh, but anyway, it, everything worked out great. He, he was and he was kidding. He wasn't going to fire. Anyway, uh, uh, so then I'm getting ready to leave, and uh, I can't find my shirt. <laughs> and I thought I'd left it up in the wardrobe. Now I got everybody looking for the shirt, and then I find it. And um, was it in the closet? Yes, it was in the closet. <laughs> And um, so I tell one of the ADs, I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, I guess you can call Wardrobe and tell him I found it. He's like, okay. So he gets on the phone. He goes, uh, yeah, he found it. And he pauses and he goes, exactly. And I'm like, I wonder what they said on the other end of the phone. Like, what an asshole. And he's like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it was just, it was just, then there was other stuff, too, that happened. Just like every single thing went wrong. And then it ended with that, that you know. Anyway, oddly enough, that was the last time I worked for everybody hates Chris. <laughs> I don't think that's very odd. Yeah, but I, that's probably not the best story in the world. I just remember for me, it was just crazy. I flooded out the trailer and <laughs> everything. But, uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, no, the thing is, that was the last season anyway. So it wasn't like I got fired. It's just because it was the last season. Right, right, right. That was the, it was towards the end. I, I think I remember yeah. that show. Yeah, and then the guys on The Office, um, that was cool. That, that, there's nothing really funny there. Just that was a... Uh, they were all really cool. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, what were you on The Office? I can't remember now. Uh, it was an episode called The Dinner Party, and uh, I was a cop. The cops come to bust them. Right, right. I, I do remember that episode. That was a very funny episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. Um, yeah, I'm one of the cops. Did you know Steve Carell from Chicago? No, I didn't. Uh, my girlfriend Nancy did. Yeah, I, I see you with Nancy still. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's yeah. how long? How long? Oh, God. You know, I should know. Well, please tell her I said hi. Well, let's, let's I, think just... I think it's like 25 years or something. Wow, like yeah, it's, it's a long time. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Nancy, I, uh, one of my favorite people. Please tell her I said hello. Um, the, uh, yeah, Steve Carell and I, uh, Eskimo Brothers. Do you know what that is? Eskimo? What's what? that? That's where we've, uh, we've, we've dated the same girl at one point. <laughs> um, That's called Eskimo Brothers? Yeah, you've never heard that term? Never. Oh yeah. Ever. I'm looking it up right now. It's got. I, I can't have made that up. Somebody had to have told me that. So that's Eskimo right. brothers. Yeah. I don't know why. Holy! I wonder how many Eskimo brothers I like. Look at this. Yeah. First thing I wrote was Eskimo and Eskimo brothers comes up. Uh, do you have it up there? Uh, uh, Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. Um, Urban Dictionary is. Maybe, maybe Aaron, you want to read this <laughs> definition because I don't. Oh. <laughs> I'll I'll read it, I'll read it. A male who has had sex with and ejaculated inside the same woman as a good friend. Not necessarily simultaneously. Uh, We didn't know (laughs) (laughs) When two males acknowledge having been intimate with the same female and remain on good terms, the men, however, bonded by having shared the same igloo at one time or another. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, That's hysterical. But no, I've never heard that. Yeah. But I like that. That first definition really does take the romance out of it, though, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if you have uh, ejaculated into. <laughs> and fact, I think that's what I said to her. I said, "I am going to ejaculate." John, you ejaculated into... on top of her, though. Right? <laughs> yeah, they're right. Actually, there was never an into. So I, uh, technically, we're not Eskimo brothers. <laughs> Eskimo brothers. Yeah, on or into. That's the on or into? Or is that it? <laughs> no, it's it's actually into. But I said, oh. but Edgar said it was onto. So I'm technically not an Eskimo <laughs> brother. <laughs> 
So what did you, how did you broach that subject with Steve Carell? Did you no, call no, him no, up and I say, didn't. hey, we're Eskimo no. brothers? No, 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 I didn't. The girl, the girl told me, you actually know her. I think, well, she used to uh, be a waitress at the funny firm. And, uh, and she at one point told me that she dated Steve Carell. That was, that was basically it. I'm not going to throw out any names. She's happily married. Did she say that he ejaculated into her or onto her? <laughs> I said, I said, I said, so. Oh, well, you, know, you, the, you know what? Honestly, I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> you guys are Eskimo brothers. That's guys, so cute. Hey, what do you think of this? Uh, that, that, guy, that, that guy that's going to be famous in five years. And you. And you are... Uh, <laughs> you both uh, are It's my hair. <laughs> you're you're like Eskimo screenplay hairdressers. <laughs> That's your next screenplay, uh, John. Eskimo Brothers. <laughs> What's that? Eskimo Brothers. That's your next screenplay. There it is right there. Oh, Esk- yeah. Actually, next episode. That's, actually a great, that's a great idea. <laughs> that- <laughs> Eskimo Brothers. That's not a bad one. I like that. And, and the catch is, they're real Eskimos! <laughs> hey! I used to tell women that I was Eskimo. I'd go, uh, no, that'd be totally true, because they're like, you have an interesting look. What are, what are you? And I go, um, I go, you know, I have kind of like Asian-looking eyes, and so I would just go, well, actually, I'm Eskimo. And uh, they're like, really? Eskimo, huh? And I'm like, well, we don't like that word. We prefer Inuit. And they're like, oh, I'm really sorry. I give them the word and then take it back, calling them racist. So. <laughs> Pretty funny. John, I don't know if I should mention this or not, but there is a podcast called the Eskimo Brothers Podcast. Are you joking? I, I wish I was making this oh, up right really? now. Oh, really? What is it? Um, let's, let's, find, let's find out. Um, <coughs> I'm frantically looking for it myself. You know, now this is... It is what you think it is. <laughs> it is what you think it is? There's an episode called Beaver Fever. All right. And that's the most work-friendly title I could find on this site. <laughs> Beaver Fever? Yeah. I, I, I had Beaver Fever one time. It was, uh... I got bit by a beaver. Yeah. That was not, yeah, well, it had nothing to do with, uh... It had nothing to do with women, actually. See, see I hate this, man. I'm mean, hear something for the first time. And it's already, you know, everybody else has known about this for decades. <laughs> well, I, honestly, I think Steve Albini told me that term, so that's where I got it from. A lot of punk rockers, they cut, they, they uh, you know, they they have a lot of time in their hands, so they just kind of collect it, stories. Or it's, it's a funny term, man. It, 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 it's a great title for a movie. You know, um, <laughs> you uh, you remember when? Uh, yeah, it's starting Paul Rudd and uh, what's who's the guy from? Uh, he's in every movie now. Jason uh, Siegel. Jason Siegel, see? Come on, brother. Right there. We've just written their next, uh, yeah, their next franchise. It writes itself. <laughs> who, who writes this shit? Uh, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about something. Um, do you remember, Glenn? Uh, I don't know if your friends know. You were the floor seater, right? We used to always give you yeah. shit about. I used to. Oh, I used to tell people because I used to. I used to be the. Uh, uh, floor seater at, at the funny firm, and then I started doing um, I, I, I started doing stand up there on Monday nights, which is where Steve and I just kind of got to know each other. And then he would eventually I got to know him. He was working the club there, like like I said, three or four times a year. But um, we really hung out like on the Monday nights. We'd go up and do our uh, yeah. sets, and then go out. But um, I was still the floor seater during the week, you know, before I started working, you know, as the MC there. And uh, Steve would I don't know if you're gonna if you were gonna tell the story. I, I don't want to step on your toes, but you used to you came up this character about me called uh johnny apple floor seater <laughs> are you traveling the world seating people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like 
you'd be walking around like you'd give me so much shit. No matter where we'd be, we'd be downtown somewhere. Or we'd go. We'd be out somewhere doing something, and you'd see. You see those two chairs over there? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Like they, you could, you could actually. You're, are you like? Does it make you nervous? Do you want to see people there? Do you see those fucking chairs? Does it bother you? Well, yeah, well, see, the thing I was remembering was uh, you you had a pager, and we used to give you so much shit about that. Like, what, what emergency floor seating? <laughs> because, because nobody really had pagers back then, right? There weren't a lot of cell phones back then. And, uh, yeah, you had your... Uh, <laughs> You get a little pager, like what if that goes off? Like you know, somebody, you know, somebody needs to sit down quick. Get down here. <laughs> somebody get him a chair quick. <laughs> you, I remember one time you were miming, like you know, you bend over like on all fours, like here, no, just use my back, just go ahead. Use <laughs> <laughs> <Just> my back. That's <laughs> uh, pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. 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 That was. Uh, that was a good times. Yeah. See, I love when you bust my balls. Uh. <laughs> I don't shine. I don't shine shoes anymore. Uh, so, um, I don't think what they told you, but what they told you. But I don't. I don't uh, floor seat it anymore. I don't floor seat anymore. <laughs> yeah, I walk back. I go the Goodfellas scene where I leave and come yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I just bought some balls. All right, hey, it's, I don't mean anything, but now yeah. go seat those people over there. Now, you <laughs> run them. You run them. <laughs> I'll be back. You keep them here, Henry. You keep them here. I'm gonna go get a folding chair and I'll be back. You motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, you just reminded me of like a like a, wow, a whole bunch of repressed memories just came up. Oh no! <laughs> have you ever have you ever had like what was like your worst heckling experience? Have you ever had to like have a staff member kick somebody out or? Oh man, I don't even. Oh, I just remember this one time. I was just actually telling the story the other day. Uh, I was in Pittsburgh and I was on stage and some guy I don't know. Uh, do you remember March Takis? Yeah, yeah. March Takis. She was like one of the dirty girls or something afterwards, right? She used to date yeah, Pat Francis yeah. back when. I, I like March a lot. I think, and I, I think she's funny. I think she's actually funnier than that show she was doing. But yeah, she's super sweet too. Yeah, uh, but her and I were working in Pittsburgh, and she's got <laughs> something about her act can piss off men. You know, I've seen it happen. We, we've worked together like three weeks in a row, and something she said had got this drunk guy kind of riled up. I don't know what it was, but he didn't say anything to her. Anyway, I get up on stage after her, and everything's going fine. He's like yelling shit out, and so I'm, you know, you know saying shit back to him. I can't remember exactly what I'm saying, but anyway, he gets up, and he's going to walk on the stage and kick my ass, right? And, uh, and I can hardly tug at the lights. I, can, I see him kind of coming, and I see all these security guys got him, and they're holding him. And I'm like, I, I, I kind of lean over. I'm at the end of the mic, and I'm like, um, "You guys got him?" They're like, "Yeah, we got him." I go, "You sure you got him?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Good, fuck you." Once <laughs> 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 I get him down, and I'm like, "Fuck you, asshole." But that was it. Uh, I remember a story about. I'm pretty sure it was it happened with you. There was a guy in a wheelchair. Do you remember this? Oh man, at the funny bone. I, I think it was at the funny bone. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I do remember. I oh man, yeah, this guy. And it wasn't just a wheelchair. It was one of those big wheelchairs with slick tires on it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, or like, you know, like an armored wheelchair. Huh? Like a Stephen Hawking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those, something like that. Big, it's a big thing. And, um, you know, electrical power and all that and everything. And he's heckling, uh, Rami Angelic was on stage, and he's just relentlessly heckling, heckling her. And there weren't a lot of people in the room anyway. And, and you know, how, how do you come back? And a guy in a wheelchair like this, you know what I mean? Get without looking like an asshole. And he just kept, and it's really stupid shit. And um, he decides to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so he comes to the back of the room, 
and he heads out towards the bathroom and he can't get in, you can't open the door, right? So I go to help him and I hold the door open for him and he, he goes in, you know, I close the door and I walk away and then I'm like, hey, you know, as long as he's in there, <laughs> he can finish his set. So I don't say to hold the door open for him. I just walk away and leave this poor guy trapped in the fucking bathroom. <laughs> and uh, after about five minutes, like, you know, you start to hear this boom, boom. And it's like muffled, like, oh! this guy's ramming his chair against the wall and screaming for help till somebody let him out. <laughs> and then, you know, he goes back in the room and he's all pissed off. He's heckling. Finally, the owner has to throw the guy out. So he turns off his chair. <laughs> so we can't move them. It takes like you know, like uh, it was, it was, it was fucking horrible, man. It's like it took like five people to push the chair out. <laughs> oh wow, that's awesome. So, um, uh, it, you got this pilot coming up, Goodwin Games. Hopefully yeah. that'll go. And then, uh, is this something that pilot season's over? Is that is that? Is, are you looking at? You know, how does this work for you now? Are you looking? To, are you still out there auditioning every day? Or are you out there like trying to get? No, I wish every you? day. No, I, um, I got my my agent will call me when it's something. Usually, you know, probably it's probably slowing down now. A lot of the uh, right, but then there'll be the next wave, right, of like cable stuff because that's yeah, it was probably about a month or two. Yeah, like last summer, I was really busy. I was working a lot. And, um, uh, so this summer will probably be the same. It used to be different, but it's all changed now. It used to be like if things would get, you know, be pretty much rocking between like January and now. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be a lot of stuff, and then summer would be dead, and then it would all pick up again in September. But it's different now. Yeah, I was told that like for the stuff that I'm doing, like I wrote this pilot actually based on my experiences with uh, at Steve Albini's studio, which is why I live in LA now. And um, what what they told me was because it's not, I don't think it's network friendly. So what they told me is like, you know, you got to wait for this network wave to kind of come and go and then there'll yeah. be the next wave which is supposedly our time you know where it's like you know now yeah that makes sense yeah yeah oh you mean to pitch stuff to like uh, like uh FX, cable channel yeah like uh, right yeah oh okay yeah i didn't realize that yeah there probably is yeah so that's you know so basically so now pilot season is like all year round yeah you know, there, there is network no pilot season but yeah there's no break really you know i know network yeah. still is like a very specific time but now networks are really really looking at you know the the same paradigm as like say NFX or AMC where they're doing um, you know their summer programming is almost as important as their other programming. You know it's becoming yeah right. But you know, unfortunately, the networks always throw in reality shows for summer. Yeah, well, you know people are watching shows differently. Like I I know that um, uh, my girlfriend doesn't have a television yet. You know she just moved into a new place and uh-huh. uh, she's thinking like, do I need one? You know she's got this huge ass Mac that she just watches. You know, anything she needs on there, she's got Netflix, she's got, um, you know, you know, a lot of shows are already up on, on, uh, on the internet, so it's like, it's, it's weird, it's becoming a, a, an odd thing, and also... I mean, yeah, if you want to watch TV on a little screen and not on a big, flat screen, <laughs> no, high death... Right, but I think she's waiting for the uh, she's waiting for the next like the next version of television will be that it'll be basically a screen it'll be basically a computer screen and uh, the that's what they, they've been saying that for years, man. That's what the strike was all about. Yeah, yeah. You know? Are you uh, uh, speaking of which? Are you do you do much like YouTube stuff or like uh, web stuff or are you allowed to because you're in the union or how does that work? Oh yeah, I mean I can, but it's got to be union. Yeah. Oh, it has to be union, so you can't yeah, like, just do some they, work around the agreement. Yeah. Oh, so so, uh, so if we came up with a short film for you, you couldn't do it. Well, it depends. I mean, what? Uh, 
I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there because I know that we're uh, we're talking about some video projects. I'd love to work with you. Oh, I can do it. I just won't tell them. All right, sounds great. <laughs> we'll tell them you're. Um, no, no one's going to see it anyway. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> we'll tell them you're just angry, uh, angry white American. Whatever. What, what is it? Angry, angry American caller. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, did, you ever, did you ever see the uh, some kind of joke? Oh, you know what? I heard. I wanted to ask you about that. Steve had this. Uh, uh, I have never seen it, and I've always wanted to. I went looking for it. Online. It's on YouTube. Is it? Yeah. Okay. If, if I remember the correct, because I remember you pitching it to me years ago. If if it's still the same thing, it's a guy goes into the bar that is the bar from all the jokes that you've ever heard of, right? Yeah. He's in, yeah. He's in the bar. Yeah. And so it's like you know all the characters are in there from all those jokes you've heard about. Like a guy a goes priest and a rabbi. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look it up on YouTube. It's, oh, uh, you can watch it. Some kind of joke. All right. We'll put a link to it too when we uh, put up your description for the for the show. Um, all right. Well, we are at uh, at one fifteen. I think that's a uh, a good spot to 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 kind of wrap it up. Is there anything uh, you want to plug? Are you on Twitter or anything? Uh, no, I'm not on Twitter. Uh, well, that's not so true. What? You had three tweets. We saw them earlier. Oh, from 2009. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Oh, that's a fake Twitter account. Oh, it is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, this jerk. I know. Thought he was being funny. Nancy put say top was one of them. <laughs> what is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a friend of mine in Australia. Oh, I love that. Right. Somebody put a fake MySpace uh, profile of me up one time, and it was a it was a it was a picture. I don't know where the fuck they got. It turns out it was a friend of mine, but it was a picture of me dressed up like a French guy, and I'd only done that once. Like and I'm like, where did this, like, where did this happen? Like, you know, like that's all it takes. Like, Fred, yeah. I only dressed up as a French guy once in my life. Come, yeah, exactly. You know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen, John? It's going to turn out that you know years from now they're going to make that totally illegal. Oh, to dress up as a French guy, and you're going to get caught with that picture <laughs> and, and spend gonna... the rest of your life in prison. That's probably right. <laughs> dressed as a uh, dressed as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> What's that joke? The old joke. It's like, uh, do you want to be the the wife or the husband? And he's, the guy's. Oh yeah, I'll like, oh, be the husband. I want to be the husband. Like, you're over here, like your wife's dick. All right, sir. Um, I just want to say, man, it's been such a pleasure catching up with you, and uh, we got to yeah, good talking to you, man. Yeah, we'll have to do some. Uh, we'll have to do some. Uh, I want to uh, share some scotch with you sometime. So sit down and just <laughs> shoot the shit in, in person sometime. And uh, I really well, appreciate your time. And, and yeah, we're gonna. I'll get in touch with you when we're close to putting your episode up. We'll get all your links and everything that you got going on. If you've got any updates, and in the meantime, I just want to say it's been a pleasure, guys. Uh, um, thanks for thanks for doing this with us, uh, sitting in with Steve and uh, letting us catch up like that. I, I kind of commandeered the episode, but uh, um, <laughs> it's always nice to hear from an old friend. Yeah, cool, man. All right, well, you, you take care. Uh, yeah, and, good uh, to hear from you too, John. Oh yeah, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. All right, man. Thanks. Bye. Right, bye. Bye.